Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Wednesday, February 21st. At least it will be for about 30 more minutes. I'm counting it. I'm calling it. This is Wednesday's podcast. I'm so excited for today's show. Um, I First of all, I want to say this. Today we passed 500 subscribers on YouTube. We were at 507 last time I checked, and that is so awesome. Oh my goodness. I, I could not be more grateful to you guys. Uh, I love Strong Opinion Sports, and I'm so grateful you guys have embraced me, embraced the show, and you're telling your friends, and it is so, so cool. I love Strong Opinion Sports, and I want to say this. I don't care about being right. I do not care about being right. I don't want to be a journalist, and I have no intention of joining the media. I don't really want to be part of the media. I have two goals with Strong Opinion Sports. I want to be authentic, and I want to be interesting. To me, authentic means I want to be real. I want to be honest. I will never say things I don't actually believe. And I choose interesting topics. I want to be authentic and interesting. Those are my two goals. Otherwise, I do not care. I get a lot of criticism. I just want to be authentic and I want to be interesting. Strong Opinion Sports is, it's my favorite thing in the world. I struggle with college. This show keeps me going. It's my, it's my, it's like my, it's like a child to me. Like I love it so much. It's my passion. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I just want to say thank you so much for supporting me, getting me to 500 subscribers. That's so cool. We're over halfway to a thousand God, we're building something. It's not just me. It's you guys too. Like we together are building this awesome community of people that love sports. And I I just, (laughs) I I love it so much. I'm so grateful. And I I really, really enjoy doing the show. And I'm so glad you guys seem to really enjoy me doing strong opinion sports as well. I want to start with this. I did a topic on my last show talking about who the best quarterback in this year's NFL draft is. And one criticism of this topic was that I didn't talk enough about how the quarterbacks played on the field. So I want to be very, very clear. Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, even Luke Falk. Every single one of those guys I named has the tools to be an NFL quarterback. Every single one of them. But to me, Personality is the most important trait when it comes to being a quarterback. All of these guys have good enough arm strength. They're good enough at throwing the football. They all have the ability. The question is, what do you do with that ability? Who works the hardest? Who is the guy that men want to follow? Who is the guy men want to follow and will fight for? Who's the best leader, in other words? Who remains calm in high-pressure situations? Who can deal with the stress and the pressure of being a quarterback in the fourth quarter on the goal line when it matters most? Personality is the most important trait to be a quarterback. It's the most important thing. It's so, so important. Inaccuracy can be solved with hard work. Bad footwork can be fixed. I watched Deshaun Watson struggled to throw the deep ball down the sideline in college. And last year in his first season in the NFL, he he got coached up, he fixed his footwork, and he threw a better deep ball. Deshaun Watson improved. 
Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Uh, whether you think one or the other is the greatest quarterback of all time, the truth is both of them are considered to be one or the other is the greatest quarterback of all time. Joe Montana and Tom Brady were not the biggest. They were not the fastest. They were not the strongest. They were overlooked. People often didn't believe in them. They were not the stereotypical Troy Aikman, Andrew Luck, big-time quarterback. Yeah, somehow they are the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. Joe Montana was cool in high-pressure situations, and Tom Brady outworks everybody. Let's break it down. Let's talk about on-the-field stuff. Physically, Josh Rosen is the best quarterback in this year's NFL draft. He throws the ball incredibly, he has great footwork, and he's really good at making decisions. But the problem is, it seems like nobody likes Josh Rosen. I remember in high school, I watched Josh Rosen talk back to a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Trent Dilfer. I saw it live in high school. Quarterback is a mix of talent and personality. Josh Rosen is all talent. He's an incredibly talented dude. He has a way better arm than I do. He's incredible. But he has a questionable personality. And Baker Mayfield has a weak arm. He has questionable talent. We know he can play to some level. But Baker Mayfield is a warrior. I love Baker Mayfield's spirit. And yes, he has off-the-field issues, but I think they're overhyped. Baker Mayfield is all personality. Josh Allen is all talent. Baker Mayfield is all personality. To me, Josh Rosen, sorry, Josh Allen of Wyoming, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, those two, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, those two have tons of talent and they have great personalities. I know I'm, I'm simplifying it. I really am. So I will break it down even further. Sam Darnold, in my opinion, has the best arm in this year's NFL draft. He has the accuracy of Sam of Josh Rosen, and he has the arm strength of Josh Allen. To put those two together, you get Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold makes it happen in big moments. I've seen it repeatedly. Now, the big red flag with Sam Darnold is he's a little bit reckless. He struggles with turnovers, but I think you can improve that. I really do. I think coaching would fix that problem. Now, Josh Rosen, again, he's the best quarterback on the field. He has a great arm, he has great footwork, and he has good decision-making. And Josh Allen from Wyoming has a huge arm. He's this big body. But he played against bad competition at Wyoming. And he does. He struggles with accuracy. Josh Allen struggles with accuracy. He played against weak competition. But, man, he fits the stereotype of a great NFL quarterback. And, and I like, I love Josh Allen's personality. He turned around Wyoming. We saw what he did in the Senior Bowl. I've chronicled it over and over again. I'm not going to repeat it, but what he did was he showed his competitive spirit. And Baker Mayfield, he may have the weakest arm in this year's NFL draft. And I think he talks too much. He's a little bit impulsive off the field. But Baker Mayfield is basically Braveheart. People will fight for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's teammates love him. They will fight for him. And that is crucial. That matters a lot. I've been critical of Luke Falk and Lamar Jackson, but they could be successful too. Nobody believed in Tom Brady. And you remember Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf was the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. And yet he absolutely failed. What is the difference between Tom Brady and Ryan Leaf? 
The difference between Tom Brady and Ryan Leaf was their personalities. Personality matters for a quarterback. It is the most important thing. Who works the hardest? Who's the best leader? Who's calm in big pressure situations? Again, personality is the most important thing when it comes to being a quarterback. I'm going to say something that I am incredibly uncomfortable talking about. I'm incredibly uncomfortable saying this. Please don't hate me. Please don't be mad at me. I'm not saying something I believe. I'm just saying something that I'm observing that I believe to be true about Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA. I, when people evaluate him, here's what I think happens. I think it's an unfair criticism, but here is what I think happens when it comes to Josh Rosen. Again, please don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at the messenger. I'm observing something I'm seeing. Josh Rosen grew up in the hills of Los Angeles. He went to a private high school. This is not a fair criticism, but here's what's happening. People are saying Josh Rosen grew up rich. I do not think that's a fair criticism, but I do think it is a fair talking point. For me, if, if a girl wouldn't date me, they're like, Zach, because I grew up really poor. If a girl came up to me and said, Zach, I'm not going to date you because you grew up really poor. That'd be unfair. I'd be mad about that. I'd be like, screw you. That's not a fair criticism. So it's also not fair to criticize Josh Rosen for the way he grew up. We can't control our upbringing. We can't control the situation we're born into. All we can control is what we do with it. And I know this, Josh Rosen, has great fundamentals. He's done a lot of good stuff. He got a full ride scholarship to UCLA. He clearly has put in a lot of work. He may not, he, we hear all kinds of things questioning his personality. We don't really know. But I think what people are afraid of with Josh Rosen and the unknown with Josh Rosen, because of his upbringing, I believe people are saying, how is he going to deal with adversity? And I think the argument is that no one will say, everyone's uncomfortable and doesn't want to say this publicly, but I think what's happening is people are kind of prejudiced and saying, Josh Rosen's never dealt with adversity. We don't actually know. Maybe his grandma died. We don't, we don't know. And every situation is unique. But I think people are concerned that Josh Rosen may not know how to deal with adversity because on paper, when we look at his life and his upbringing, people say, oh, Josh Rosen's never had to struggle. We don't actually know. But I do believe that is what a lot of people are thinking and won't actually say. I believe Josh Rosen will be fine. I think he is an NFL starting quarterback. Please don't hate me, the messenger. I'm just saying what I think a lot of people are thinking. I'm not concerned about it. Again, I think it's an unfair criticism to say Josh Rosen grew up rich, so he's not going to be able to make it. He doesn't control that. What he does control is how hard he's worked, and I know that Josh Rosen, obviously, you can't watch Josh Rosen play football and not say he's worked incredibly hard. Again, I I think Sam Darnold has a better personality. I think Josh Allen has a better personality. But it's not a fair criticism to say, Josh Rosen grew up really rich, and so therefore, maybe he won't deal with adversity. We have no idea. And you can't judge someone else's background. That's not a fair criticism. Again, don't hate me. I'm just saying what I think a lot of other people, not myself, a lot of other people are concerned with. I'm getting really defensive. I'm scared. I don't don't want to get people mad at me. I don't want to talk about this. You have got to know your strengths. You have got to know your strengths. I don't talk about politics. And trust me, you don't want to hear me talk about politics. It's not one of my strengths. I have no idea what I'm talking about. That's why I talk about sports. I chose to do a sports podcast. I can talk about sports all day.
I said on my last podcast that Lamar Jackson should switch from quarterback to wide receiver. And I am doubling down on that opinion. I'm sticking with it. I think Lamar Jackson should switch from quarterback to wide receiver, even though he won a Heisman at quarterback. What is Lamar Jackson's strength? Lamar Jackson's strength is his ability running with the football. And guess what? Lamar Jackson plays quarterback where the number one thing you need to do is throw the ball. The number one job for a quarterback is throwing the ball, and yet Lamar Jackson is better at running with the ball. To me, that says enough. That says enough. Lamar Jackson is an incredible talent running with the football in his hands, and that is what you want him to do more than you want him to throw. Therefore, he should switch positions to where he's running with the ball in his hands. But maybe you need more. Maybe need more. Let's, let's not forget the fact that his completion percentage in college, Lamar Jackson's completion percentage in college is significantly worse than Cam Newton's was in college. <laughs> Don't forget that. Oh, and, and by the way, the one year Cam Newton played D1 football, it was even better. So overall, Cam Newton's th- uh, completion percentage in college was 65%. I believe it was 72% the one year he won the Heisman in Alabama. He played two years at Florida, was a backup, never really played a lot of meaningful time. But his career completion percentage, even with the two bad years, I really don't think we should count. Cam Newton's completion percentage is 65.4% to Lamar Jackson, whose completion percentage is 57%, which is atrocious. And Lamar Jackson played multiple years. We have a lot of samples of this. That's terrible. And mind you, we think Cam Newton struggles with accuracy in the NFL. How do you think a guy who was worse in college is going to translate to the NFL? It's not good. It's not, it's really not good. And let's also talk about the fact that Lamar Jackson mostly beat up on bad schools. It's not to say that he didn't beat good schools. I remember he destroyed Florida State, but not always, but often Lamar Jackson beat up on bad schools that were not very good at football teams that had inferior talent to his school at Louisville. I mean, look, I wish I'd come out. I I really believe Lamar Jackson should switch positions from quarterback to wide receiver or something else where you're putting the ball in his hands. Get the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. I wish I'd said that first before Bill Polian did. All I was thinking was, you know, I don't think Lamar Jackson is a very good quarterback. I have to give credit to Bill Polian. Bill Polian, the former Colts general manager, said he was creative. He said, look, Lamar Jackson's not a great quarterback, but he's too good an athlete to just waste. So we should switch to wide receiver so we can get the ball in his hands. Credit to Bill Polian. That's genius. That's smart. It's a way to use a good resource and how can we use him to the best of his ability. I believe in that tremendously. If you were better at writing papers, I wouldn't do a, I wouldn't put you in a job where you were giving speeches if you're tremendous at writing papers. It doesn't make sense. Use the person's strengths and build off of them. And Bill Polian, remember, Bill Polian is the general manager who won two Super Bowls with the Indianapolis Colts. And if you look at his resume, he was the general manager for the Bills team that went to four straight Super Bowls. Bill Polian is a legend. His resume speaks for itself. You can criticize me for my opinion that Lamar Jackson should switch from quarterback to wide receiver. But remember, it's not just me. It's Bill Polian, the dude who's... A genius. The guy gets it. He's incredibly smart. 
Bill Polian is a football titan. So when he says Lamar Jackson should switch positions, I think his opinion should have a little bit more weight. Look, time will tell. We will all find out eventually. I, I, I'm almost certain that Lamar Jackson will be picked either in the first round or the second round of the NFL draft because NFL teams are desperate for quarterbacks. And I'm not rooting against Lamar Jackson. Whatever Lamar Jackson decides to do, I wish him the best of luck. I, I think he seems like a good guy. I like him. He's a person. I hope he does well. I hope he succeeds. But I think Lamar Jackson should play to his strength. Again, if you were incredibly good at writing papers, I would want you to pursue a career writing papers, not giving speeches. If you were terrible at public speaking, but you were good at writing, don't pursue a career in public speaking. Pursue a career in writing. Just play to your strengths. That's what I do. I don't do a political podcast. I do a sports podcast. I play to my strengths. And I think Lamar Jackson should play to his strengths. Find what you're good at and abuse it, man. Do the, everything you can with what you're good at. And Lamar Jackson's strength is throwing, it, Lamar Jackson's strength is not throwing the ball. Lamar Jackson's strength is running with the ball in his hands. That's what makes him an incredibly dynamic. That's why he was so good in college. Look at his highlights. Most of them, honestly, are incredibly are incredible plays, running literally up the middle, juking people, and just having, it's incredible. He's an incredible athlete running with the ball. But Lamar Jackson's strength is running, not throwing. I, I believe Lamar Jackson should switch from quarterback to wide receiver. But time will tell. We'll find out. I don't hate the guy. I'm not rooting against the guy. I'm just saying what I think. I think he should go with his strength. Bam, man. I, I wish my building wasn't so dang quiet. I feel like I am just the loudest, most obnoxious person in the entire world. I don't really care that much. But my God, I feel bad. I, I, I'm glad it's quiet because it makes recording a lot better. But Jesus, man, I, I feel like I'm the most just loud, obnoxious person in the entire world. Uh, today will be a shorter episode. Uh, school is killing me. I apologize. I have a huge project due on Friday that I have to work on after the, I record this. So I will not be recording a podcast on Friday. I will be recording on Saturday instead. There will still be a third podcast this week. It just will not come out till Saturday night. Fair enough? Cool. Awesome. I have a lot of great stuff I want to talk about uh, the rest of today. I'm going to talk about Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban said that the Mavericks are tanking. And I'm going to react to that, share my thoughts and my opinions. I'm going to talk about the 49ers. They met with Vontae Davis, a former Pro Bowl corner, which excites me. We'll talk about that. And I'm going to tell you how I would punish Louisville basketball. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you love this podcast as much as I do, dude, we are growing like crazy. I, I think, I really believe once we get to 1,000, we are going to exponentially grow a lot more. I'm excited. I can't believe it. I, I am pumped. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast, tell your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is, share a link to this podcast and tell your friends. <clears throat> I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. This next topic, <laughs> it's awesome. I feel really good about it. <clears throat> All right. Do you guys know what it means to Netflix and chill? (laughs) 
basically Netflix and chill means that you're going to have someone come over. You turn on some mood lighting, <laughs> turn on a movie on Netflix, and you're going to make out and have fun. And we all know what that means. I'm not going to go into details. And I think it's incredibly funny. We all know what Netflix and chill actually means, but we, we tiptoe around it. We don't actually, we don't, we're not honest and upfront about what Netflix and chill actually means. Everybody knows what it really means. Everybody knows when you say, hey, you want to come over and Netflix and chill? You want to come over and watch Netflix? We all know what that, we pretty much universally know, oh, that doesn't actually mean watch a movie. But that's the language we use. It's funny to me. I wish people were more honest and upfront, but hey, that's, that's what we do. The truth is, that is how tanking in the NBA also works. It's very similar to Netflix and chill. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, yes, the guy from Shark Tank, Mark Cuban came out and said that the Dallas Mavericks are tanking. He said losing is the best option for our franchise. He said they're not competing for a playoff spot, and now they're going to try to get the highest draft pick possible. <laughs> Look, I, many people have blasted Mark Cuban. They're like, oh, it's wrong. How could he? I, I think a lot of people said all kinds of stuff about him. I like it. I like it. Mark Cuban is honest. He's authentic. He's real. <laughs> we all see. We all see when NBA teams are tanking. At least he's honest and just admits they're doing it. I like that. Here's my philosophy, and not just in basketball. I think in life, you can do literally whatever you want. Do whatever you want. As long as you're ready to deal with the consequences. You want a speed? Awesome. Just be aware you'll probably get a ticket. You want to drop out of college and smoke a ton of weed? Dude, go for it. Go do it. As long as you are prepared to deal with the consequences. If an NBA team wants to tank and they want to be publicly open about the fact that they're tanking, awesome. But be aware and be prepared to deal with the consequences. Now, actually, to be quite frank, I think this is a really good thing for Mavericks fans. Now, it's worth noting, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, got fined $600,000. But I do think being honest with your fan base is incredibly important. If I was changing something, I would tell you guys. I would be honest. i say, look, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be open. And that is what Mark Cuban is doing with Dallas Mavericks fans. He will have to deal with the consequences. The Dallas Mavericks will probably lose a little bit of money. It's going to hurt their ticket sales. But at least fans know why they're doing what they are doing you may get a better draft pick. So, look, people know what they're doing. Fans are on board. They can at least understand. They won't be angry. Why the heck aren't you playing this guy? Why are you trading this guy? Now they know, hey, my team is tanking. They can be aware and understanding of decisions that are made in the future. And again, you might get a better draft pick. You might actually help your franchise. I'm so glad Mark Cuban just came out and said it. I really... like. It's just we all we all know what's happening, and I would I would prefer someone just be honest and open and real. I like it, and if the NBA hates it, if the NBA is mad that the Dallas Mavericks are not only tanking but they're honest and open about the fact that they are intentionally trying to lose games, if the NBA doesn't like it, they should change the system. Find a way if you can find a way to game the system. If you can find a way, if you can find a loophole 
That is not the person who found the loophole's fault. That means you are dealing with a flawed system. If you can take advantage of a loophole, it's not your fault. It just means you're operating within a flawed system. If the NBA doesn't like it, change it. Change your system. Until you do, this is fine. This is You found a loophole and it works. I'm just saying, I'm pointing out. If, if you, I had a science teacher in high school. He said, look, if you, if you have a, if you can, if you can cheat and successfully do it, go for it. Now, most people didn't because they couldn't get away with cheating. But he said, look, if I don't know, go for it. And I, I like that approach. I like that quite a bit. I, I really am glad that Mark Cuban came out and said, we're tanking. We're intentionally trying to lose games. Here's why. Here's what we're doing. I love that. If I was going to do something with strong opinion sports, again, I would tell you guys, I'd be honest, I would be open, and I would be authentic. I love what Mark Cuban is doing in Dallas. Oh, I'm so happy. Everybody in the media is finally coming to their senses. It makes me so, so happy. I love it. I remember when Reggie Bush had his Heisman Trophy taken away, and I just thought that was so stupid. It's like, what the, what? As if he just suddenly, like, we, he, he didn't win a Heisman. As if it just never happened. I thought that was so ridiculous. I was like, are you kidding me? Stupidest punishment ever. I remember when USC had their 2004 national championship stripped away. Again, this is stupid. It's like, okay, as if this never happened. As if the memories could go away. We all remember what happened. USC won the national championship in 2004, no matter what the NCAA says. I believe it's a pointless punishment. So it came out this week that the NCAA is stripping Louisville of its 2013 men's basketball national championship. They also have to forfeit 123 wins uh, between 2011 and 2015. And they are fined, well, basically fined $600,000. Remember, this is because of a scandal involving prostitutes and recruits. I don't want to get into it. To me, I want to talk about the punishment. Now, the media is not bad about... Sorry, the media is mad. And and finally mad. Because I, I really am glad that I'm not alone in this. The media is mad about making Louisville forfeit wins. Forfeit a national championship. Forfeit 123 wins. It's a stupid, terrible punishment. My parents never ever grounded me growing up. They never did. I was a weird kid. You didn't need to ground me. I loved coming home. I liked my house. My house had books, had a television, had a football in my backyard. You know how my parents punished me? My parents took away my football because that was an actually effective punishment. I would do almost anything to have my football. And I knew I, I wouldn't want to risk that. I love, I love playing football. I loved playing catch in my backyard. I did not want to lose my football privileges. So guess what? I stayed in line. That was actually an effective punishment. You took away something I actually wanted and really cared about. The best way to to punish college athletic programs is financially. That $600,000 is incredibly important. That is the most important thing of this entire punishment. If you want to punish colleges, punish them in a way that makes them scared of breaking the rules again. Make them afraid to break the rules. Do something to them that actually scares them and puts fear in them. 
hit colleges where it matters most. If you want to actually punish something, if you want to actually punish someone, give them a punishment that actually matters to them and they care about. Let's be honest. College sports are a business. If you take away their money, they won't like that. And they will do almost anything to not lose money. My college is losing a ton of money. We're way behind and we owe a ton of money because of our football program. Guess what? You take more money away, that cripples them. They're not going to screw up. They're not going to break the rules. They can't afford to lose more money. If you want to punish colleges, take away their money and take away their ability to make money because that is what colleges care about. That is the number one thing colleges care about, and that is money. If you want to punish colleges, ban them from the NCAA tournament for a few years, for multiple years, or, or in football, give them a bowl ban for multiple years. And take away scholarships. Take away future scholarships. That's the key. Don't take away scholarships from the kids who already have them. Take away future scholarships down the road. And offer the opportunity for anybody who wants to transfer away from a program that is being punished. Offer the opportunity for those kids to transfer out without any stipulations. No restrictions, no yields. If you want to leave, you can, you're free to transfer wherever you want if your program is getting punished. That is how you punish a college. Don't punish the kids. Punish the adults who caused the problem. Don't punish athletes for, ha- for things that happened years ago. If you want to punish a college, hit them where it matters most. If you want to stop them from breaking the rules, take away their money. That is how you actually punish a college athletic program. If you want to punish them, take away their money and take away their ability to make money. Now and in the future, for a couple of years, years, they will think twice next time they break the rules. If you actually want to stop crime, eh, I don't call it crime. If you actually want to stop NCAA violations, if you actually want to make them go away, punish colleges in the language they speak. Take away something they actually care about, which is money. All right, you 49ers fans. Gosh, you guys are excited. Uh, the 49ers visited yesterday with former Pro Bowl corner Vontae Davis. And I love this. Oh, man. It's it's a great move. It's, it's really, really smart. Now, it's worth noting, Vontae Davis is coming off of an injury. And the Colts' his former team released him when they found out about the injury. He's also 29 years old. But again... He's a former pro bowler, and regardless, I really, really like this move. Mostly, I love the attitude of the 49ers. I like their thought process. I think their approach is great in this situation. I like a known commodity. I want a sure bet. If I know something's going to deliver, I'll take that over something that might deliver. Always. I think drafting Josh Jackson, the corner from Iowa, is great. I think it's a great move. But we know that Vontae Davis can play corner in the NFL. At least we think he can. And I like, I like regardless of whether Vontae Davis is the guy, I like the approach. Because the 49ers need a corner. And if you can bring in a veteran who you know, without a doubt, can come in, be a starter, and make an impact right away, go for it. That's great. Because the goal of the offseason is to bring in more starters. That is what you're trying to do. That is what the 49ers are trying to do. That is what every team is trying to do. Bring in more guys who can start next season. 
Now, if you don't read NinersNation.com, you should. They do a great job, and they do real journalism. I don't, I'm not a journalist. I don't pretend to be a journalist. That's not my goal. It's not my job. NinersNation.com, they do real journalism, and they're great. NinersNation.com reported yesterday that the Jacksonville Jaguars are unlikely to re-sign Aaron Colvin. Look, I'll be honest. I prefer Aaron Colvin to Vontae Davis. Here's the thing. Vontae Davis has an injury, had an injury, and we don't really know what he's going to be like coming back. What we do know is that the Colts released Vontae Davis, which means his injury may be a real concern. We don't know, but it's possible. We know Aaron Colvin played all 16 games for the Jacksonville Jaguars last season. He's a good player. He's great. He's coming off a big contract. And the problem with the Jaguars is they don't have the cap space to retain him. Health again. Health is a real concern with Vontae Davis. If it wasn't, why would the Colts not? Why why would the Colts release him? If he's that great, why would the Colts release him? But regardless, if the Niners can land any one of the veteran corners that are available in free agency, I think that's a great move. I think it's a great move. You take a sure bet. I prefer veterans to rookies. I, always. I just, that's what I prefer. I like a known commodity. And Vontae Davis has a ton of upside. Man, if Vontae Davis works out, oh, the dude's a former Pro Bowler. If he's healthy, oh my goodness, that'd be incredible. Be a great move for the 49ers. And I do think he's healthy. I, I, if I had to make a bet, I would say he is going to be healthy. But the truth is, it's not our problem to worry about. John Lynch, the general manager for the 49ers, is a former NFL safety. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. If anybody knows that Vontae, whether Vontae Davis is healthy, it's going to be John Lynch, the guy who's been in the exact same position Vontae Davis is in. That's why I like John Lynch. John Lynch, a former player, he gets it. He gets personnel. He gets players. He's been an NFL player himself. I believe that Vontae Davis... Uh, sorry, I believe that John Lynch will do the right thing for the 49ers. He gets it. He understands. And as a guy who's rooting for the 49ers to have success, I I trust John Lynch. I think he's going to do the right thing. It's also worth noting that Vontae Davis uh, has a, I'll say this, the 49ers have an edge when it comes to Vontae Davis because he is the brother of former 49er and longtime 49er, a guy who played really well. I always used him on Madden, Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, the former tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. I believe he's the brother of Vontae Davis. I think it's right. I don't think they're cousins. I think they're brothers. It's huge because if my brother came to me and said, hey, I worked this. I worked at this place for six years, wherever it was, however long it was. I worked here for a long time, had a great experience. That has a lot of weight. So I do believe the 49ers have an advantage if they want to sign Vontae Davis. Another thought is that Vontae Davis, another thought, another fact, Vontae Davis is also met with the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. Where would you rather live? Hmm? Cleveland? Buffalo? Or San Francisco? Let's be honest. If you have a ton of money, I'm living in San Francisco. Plain, simple, and easy. They're a franchise that's building. They have a better future than the Bills, better future than Cleveland. They have a lot of money to offer. I think the 49ers have a significant chance of signing Vontae Davis, and they'll make their own decision. John Lynch is going to make the right decision. He'll evaluate whether Vontae Davis is truly healthy, and then if he's great, I think the 49ers will land him. I have the utmost confidence. If the 49ers want a guy, they have the cap space, and they have the situation that's attractive enough to get whoever they 
want. I trust John Lynch. I hope it's Vontae Davis. If it's not, they're going to get the right guy. I have absolute faith in John Lynch, the 49ers general manager. All right, that's my show for today. That's all I have. Um, Again, I have a big project due on Friday I need to work on. I'll be recording my next episode on Saturday, not Friday. But I do want to dive deep into the Buffalo Bills. I wanted to do that today. I believe I've treated the Buffalo Bills unfairly, but I want to do more research for the future. Again, thank you so very much. We got to 500 subscribers on YouTube today, and that is an incredible milestone that means a lot to me. I think it's awesome. It's fantastic. I'm so excited, and I just I appreciate you guys so, so much, and I, I could not be more excited for the future of this podcast. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my shorter, best, most interesting clips. Before I, before I say the share part, I want to say this. I'm considering starting either a Facebook group and maybe and or a Discord for Strong Opinion Sports. Let me know if you'd like that. I think a Facebook group, especially that's, I use Facebook the most. It's just a, it's the easiest way to interact with people for me. I would love to make a Facebook group for this podcast. I think it'd be fun. We could all share links that we find. I think it'd be a fun way to build a community and share our love of sports together. So if you guys are interested in that, let me know. I can make that happen. I think it'd be a ton of fun to have a strong opinion sports Facebook group, maybe even a discord. I don't really know what that is yet. My friends keep saying you should do it. You should do it. So I'll figure that out soon. And again, man, if you love Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, my voice is going right now, please share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends. If you like this podcast, you want to help me grow, tell your friends about it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, face-to-face, share the link to this podcast, help me grow, it'd be tremendous. We're halfway to 1,000, we're over halfway to 1,000. I believe once we get to 1,000, we're going to exponentially grow because of the algorithm on YouTube. So continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much. Hope you guys have a great day. I will see you again on Saturday. But I'm bu-